Yes, yes, people, this is the Energy Podcast, man. It's been a minute. We took a bit of a hiatus. I hope you guys hold, had a good Christmas, good New Year's, not too much booze, you know, a bit of family time, a bit of quality time out here. But I've got a really special guest for you guys today, man. And this is actually like a crazy story because I've been <laughs> looking for this guy, man. This guy is very talented, man. His name is Callum Curry. He's a cinematographer. And he's also in video production on that side. Please introduce yourself, Callum, and thank you for joining the Energy Podcast. Uh, cheers for having me. What, it's been three years or something? <laughs> People, so we are not up. joking. We are not joking. We haven't, this is the first time we've met, to be honest. Yeah. I literally just asked him, how do you pronounce your name? So. Uh, mate, like, talk about, this is this is podcasting and it's reverse form right here, People, man. Yeah. So basically, the backstory of how me and Callum met on this side, or well, we're meeting today now, is that, I was a photographer in the industry mm. in the past, as you guys know, and I was working and I was working. I was looking for jobs out there. And I was one time one of my boys, Farris Stingray, needed a videographer on that side. And I went through, and since Farris is a really good friend of mine, I went through London, um, hashtag videographer, London, videographer, film, all these different things, because I didn't know any videographers mm, at mm. the time, photographers because he needed a job for the next day and I was like okay let me see what I can do for my boy let me just try and come through so I'm scrolling through all these pages I'm saying nah this person's work's trash nah this person's work's trash I'm joking I'm not I don't, I don't, I don't hate on people like that I just do it for the sake of it but I was like nah this is not the right fit this is yeah, not the right yeah. fit I was like Pff. then I came across Callum's page I was like bro man the storytelling is there the color grading is there. The content is there. No, he's too nice. He's being nice. No, I'm not <laughs> being too nice. I'm not. Because I know when someone's content stands out and you like you, mm. you're a storyteller. Just like myself. When I saw myself, when I was in the photography industry, I always saw it as a medium of storytelling. Mm, mm. And I think there's a quote on your website that's, that says that great photos aren't taken. They're, mm. ma they're, they're made yeah, on that yeah. side. But yeah, man, it's a pleasure to meet you. And I said I had to get a drink with him down the road. And this is three years later. <laughs> three years later and I finally met him, man. And we still haven't got that drink. Yeah, we still haven't got that drink. Yeah, people. It's coming, but yeah, it's man. Yeah, cheers for having yeah, me. Yeah, no worries. Tell me what you think of that quote. Like in terms of um, what does that mean to you, that quote on that side? Yeah, on it's interesting, website? actually. Yeah. I've actually been asked that by quite a few people. Like, yeah. what? why, why is that sort of... Um, well, is that playing a big part on my website, right? Like, why have I put that front and center of the photography sort of section? Um, I think it's because um, essentially behind a photo, there's like hours of planning, dude. There's like hours and days of traveling. Yeah. Um, also, like you're probably snapping like, a couple thousand images between that one photo, which are not trash, but yeah. they're not, it isn't the moment you're trying to, or isn't the story that you're trying to convey yeah. or isn't like, the conditions aren't right or the, yeah. uh, the sun never came or yeah. um, or the person wasn't like looking or, it, you know, it, just the emotion mm. you're trying to convey wasn't there. Um, so it's it's those hours of planning and, and traveling and like setting up the photo, waking up at 5 a.m. for sunrise or hiking at 4 a.m. to get to sunrise at 6 a.m. Yeah, because you've done, you've done quite a bit of outdoorsy, like adventure stuff. Like I've seen from especially your... You shoot with Nokia tires mm. on the, was that on the DOP front only or mm. was that on the editing and cinematography front as well? Yeah, so yeah. Com completely uh, DOP and editing actually. Okay, yeah. So um, I tend to edit a lot of my own things because I love the downtime in between like the adventures or sort of stuff. Yeah. Uh, in between the traveling, it's nice to actually sit down and have coffee, wake up at like a, a decent time. And You're not, a like, big coffee guy. Dude, well. I love coffee. Ah, <laughs> forget, 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 me too, man. Yeah. <laughs> so I tend to edit all of my stuff. Um, yeah. I love doing it. I think I have a, like, kind of a style to it. 
Um, and yeah, it's nothing like that feeling of of creating, um, you know, piecing the story together with your own footage. Yeah. Uh, and also like looking at the color grading and seeing yeah. what you can do. And Nice. So yeah. where, where did it start for you when it was getting into video production and cinematography? What was the spark yeah. that made you get into that? I was probably, I was very lucky, man. I, I found this passion that is, you know, video when I was like 14 or something. Wow. Like I was, wow, I was fortunate, right? So I was in school and, you know, I was like every other bored 14 year old, uh, just with his best mate in his house. <laughs> now, what should we do? You know, YouTube was kind of upcoming. You had yeah. people like KSI who were like, Booming oh, at our age, bro. Them, yeah, everyone looked at him, him playing the horror games yeah. and all that. So me and my mate were like, ah, oh, you know, we're inspired by this. And back then there wasn't really anything like Instagram or TikTok, right? That you can get distracted yeah. by. True, um, true, true. You so we had space to be bored, and I think that's important because boredom create, you know, creates yeah. creativity and like, or promotes it almost. Mm. Um, so we're like, fuck it's it, powerful. we're gonna we're gonna open a YouTube channel, and it's yeah. gonna be like a comedy youtube channel we're going to be the actors and we're going to film it as well so we um started filming loads uh, of them if you look back down there would you cringe or would you slow yeah, so <laughs> cringe. <laughs> you know that was when you look at like old facebook posts of you like 13 you're like dude what were you saying bro you are tripping man <laughs> no it's it's yeah. bad right because um so we filmed loads of those things we did like some proper drama series we called m13 the hostage so like <laughs> it, we didn't even have a story to it we just we just knew that there was this uh usb stick and yeah. it had something that someone else wanted and it was like this whole secret agents like people getting beat up all the time but the, do you know why do you know why that's so mad even though we laugh at the kind of the, those things right now we may find it like cringy mm. looking back do you know what you're training your mind to do at that moment you're training yourself to think like a director like a storyteller back then even mm -hmm. when you're constructing you're constructing narratives and that's been something that's big on your website as well you say like you want to be like constructing narratives for your mm. clients and things such as that yeah Everyone has a story, right? Yeah, everyone has a no story to tell. An ordinary person, really. Yeah, so. man. But in terms of cinematography, what and video production, what's your favorite aspect? Because now you're on the mm. fashion side. Don't know you've done some car shoots before. Mm. The car stuff is awesome, dude. Yeah. Like um, alongside filming them, I've got you know got had the opportunity to drive some of them. So I've oh, driven some Aston Martins. Um, All right, big boy. <laughs> I'm always so scared driving them. Um, <laughs> Crashed them, <yeah>. tax man. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I should yeah. say this, but I, I was on a shoot in the Whatever, in the NBA, summer. You can say in it. Yeah. yeah, it's over now. Like yeah. it was for um, Aston Martin, the little car company, and 007. So it was for the release of like. Basically, the little car company create two third the size of real life cars. Yeah. Um, that are road legal, but they're small and they're only two seaters, like tiny, tiny. They they look like toy cars, but they actually drive like up to like sixty miles an hour. Um, and they created like the Aston Martin DB5. Bond I saw the photo on your website. Yeah, yeah with yeah, like yeah. the guns that come out and stuff. And we had a real life Aston Martin like Vantage or something, and there was an airstrip right next to where we were shooting. So at the end of the shoot, me and the actor who were we hit it off a bit. He was like, yo, do you think we can take the Aston and like just bomb it down the airstrip for a bit? That's so, so mad. We, we talked to the client who didn't own the car and she was like, yeah, go on, but I won't, I won't tell anyone, but go on. So no. me and him just took turns and we're like, I have a video, but we're <laughs> bombing down the airstrip in, in advantage. And there's that one point where mad. there's cones at the end, right? And the cones were approaching quite quick. And I, I, I get a bit like excited with this stuff. So yeah. I was bombing it and I had to break pretty quick because I didn't realize actually I'm about to hit these cones, right? <laughs> yeah. Going at, I don't know, nearly 100 miles an hour. Yeah. So I'm braking, braking, like downshifting, like it was on paddles. And even the actor at that point said he was like scared. <laughs> so he, and then I, I brake so quick. 
And he was like, you must have done this before. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've never done that ever in my life. But I, I, That's yeah, a I was crazy scared, story, so. not one to tell the parents, yeah. Nah, 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 nah. my dad loves that stuff. He gets jealous, uh, I think, when, that's I, actually so when I'm doing this sort of thing. So, so yeah. my question for you now is like, what's your favorite mm. campaign that you've worked on, like ever? Probably like, knocking tires. Knocking tires. Yeah. I love this, like when I watch that video, man, I love the storytelling of it. Like mm. the way everything's like dark at the same time as dark and then it gets mm. light and then the snow, the car tires spinning in the snow. Mm. Yeah. Really mad, bro. That was like, cool. That was yeah. one of the last days. Like that was the one thing we we're missing, right? Was the snow being kicked up, adding a bit of drama, a bit of movement. Yeah. Because um, for some reason we weren't, it, it, we just weren't getting what we wanted earlier. Mm. And then on one of the last days we came across a car park, which is empty and it had so much snow from the night before. So the one of the act uh the assistant photographers he was just drifting the car around yeah. and basically doing donuts and the snow was going crazy and we're like shit get the cameras out. <laughs> so we all got the cameras out and we just started filming the snow flying and it was just yeah. the the feeling i had capturing that yeah. moment knowing that this is exactly what i wanted and more was just nuts that's mad because you know like we talked about previously in the conversation the trials mm. like how you can take so many images of as a photographer and you're waiting for that one. Mm. So it's like, I can understand the euphoria and the feeling you get yeah. from that. That's actually so mad. Um, I wanted to get into that boxing campaign that you did that was based in Birmingham, man. Yeah, yeah. Tell me more about, um, what was the name of the guy who was involved Ibrahim in Ibrahim Spider. Ibrahim Spider, yes, that's what I was saying. One thing, I'll tie this into, like, a lot of us like young generation we have a passion for sports mm. like anything mm. could be football i'm a big liverpool fan um i don't know if that offends anyone you know so i'm gonna <laughs> say Manchester united or chelsea or something yeah suck out if you saw any of those games <laughs> but yeah man <laughs> but in terms of that mm. with ibrahim spider and that content what was it like just capturing that moment because i know th one thing about sports or what we all love it teaches us especially as men it teaches us a lot about mindset mm. determination risk like being able to embrace that discipline and i know boxing is a sport with a lot of dexterity it's a lot of disciplines tied into each other it's mm. like an art that is so like just yeah. tell me about that shoot what was that like for you and working with that client yeah like um so actually it wasn't even a job right yeah. so oh, i man. actually i talked to a guy i knew uh, called zach ahmed or something um i think that's how you pronounce his second name but yeah. he's very really cool guy yeah. does a lot in the media space and in, in music business and stuff as well and I know he knows so many people. So I just asked him, like, do you know a boxer that I can film? Because I just wanted to film a boxer. I love I love the sport. I love watching it. And I also yeah. love the movement and the, you know, the emotion in the training. Like you were just saying, the yeah. passion and the uh, hours put into yeah. that craft is crazy. And your life. You're risking your life in that. Yeah, yeah so, true. Um, so I was like, do you know a boxer? I kind of want to do like a little passion project about boxer. I don't know what yet, but I just want to yeah. film it and see what we get. And he was like, yeah. So he sent me this guy called Ibrahim Spy then, yeah. an amateur boxer at the time. He was looking to go pro. I think at that point he had won 50 fights and lost none. Um, crazy. So it guy. made sense to put the cut in with the Muhammad Ali scene. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah dude. Yeah, because it, it fit a little bit. I was like, yeah. all right, I want a little flashback to something. And I yeah. asked him, what, who is he inspired by? And he was inspired by Muhammad Ali, Ali like everyone is, yeah. right? So I was like, okay, uh, I'll include that. Um, but yeah, it was just random. Like I got set up with Ibrahim's uncle, I think. Um, who arranged it all. He picked us up from the station, me and a couple guys. Yeah. Um, and then we went down to the boxing gym where he was first training. We started filming him training pads then and just like some stuff there with like lighting and yeah. like um, just getting the sweat dripping off. Yeah. And then we went to another boxing gym, which was where we where the video was mainly based in, yeah. um, which was really cool. Mm -hmm. um, 
and there was this trainer there i think d2 head movement is yeah. might, might be his name yeah super sick trainer like on pads and I, they had worked together a lot so as you can see in the video he's going ham and i didn't speed any of that i didn't even speed any of that like up it's swear no, i didn't touch that he's, like, if you go on his instagram you see how quick this guy is it's insane and he's actually just training now to be in gb um and he's just won so i think he's national champion that. in england or something at his age something like that that's crazy. like he's he's got a big future like people yeah. writing stuff about him yeah. now so maybe there's another video in the future yeah him. what's it like so in processes like that in the sport mm. i want to dig deep on the process level now of like mm. cinematography when it comes to approaching the process of shooting content like that what what are some principles or some factors you think about like whether it's like okay, this is the right soundtrack to fit right, behind right. this, or this is the right stills and cuts. Just like, this could just be on layman's term for anyone like starting off, mm. like as a editor, as a, as a director, as a cinematographer. Mm. What are some principles and factors that you think about when crafting that story behind so that you can go about executing the project. I know there's yeah. a lot of collaboration with the directors yeah, yeah. and the creative directors, but what are some things you think about and then maybe you yeah. with other people? Yeah, I think everyone has different strengths, yeah. right? So for everyone, it's different. But for me, I, I have a massive music background. So mm. when I was in school, I was in a choir and we had sang for like uh, a couple films like Harry Potter, Life of Pi. So, uh, and my mum being a professional pianist, I was always exposed to music like from a very young age and I like studied a bit piano, I did guitar, I did double bass, um, I dabbled in all of that. And so I think for me, it's literally all about soundtrack and, and sounds and music. Yeah. So that's what I always um, nah, look for, right? Yeah, no. I, yeah. I guess, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like I always look for the soundtrack and I base literally a whole video that I'm editing anyway around a soundtrack because um, you're essentially, you're trying to convey a story or create, uh, convey mm. a feeling, right? And what does that better than music, in my opinion? Um, wow, so now I now you really opened my eyes now because now I see your musical background and how it ties into like why, like not humbly saying this, like why you're, I think mm. you're so good at storytelling on that side. Because I'll give you another example. Your Morocco, your Morocco mm. content with the Travel Hotel. I know we I talked that, about that yeah. one before. I like that one, yeah. The music on that one, I believe was more slow on that side. Mm. And that could be, like, correct me if I'm wrong, but, like, just from what I see with my photography eye and my understanding of movies, movies and things such as that, you want to get that escapism, like, mm. that travel, like, come to this hotel type view, and that comes from the slow bartender shaking up the, mm. shaking up the drink or the light protruding through the curtains and the girl walking down the mm. beautiful Moroccan cement, like, architecture in the hotel. Mm. Mm. so yeah man yeah that was cool because so the idea behind that project was that it starts with the hecticness of the medina the marrakesh old town oh right? yeah yeah crazy so like, out there shit's just like you've been there right yeah it's a beautiful place but things are like flying around like yeah. it's so hectic yeah i've been there man. i was there three years ago it's crazy i love it yeah running up and down dude i love it and it's it's crazy and then so the idea was to compare the hecticness of the medina so the tranquility of Four Seasons Hotel. Oh, that's so bad. So it starts with this crazy montage, something that engages the viewer, like, oh, yeah. okay, nice. Like, there's like flames, the, there's like, sound, yeah, like there's the, people. The thing. Yeah, 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 there's right. that guy that making scarves and, and yeah. carpets. and um, The soundtrack is mad at that point when it's, like, yeah. showing the hecticness and then it goes to the slow. And then yeah. it cuts, right? And then it's, like, oh, fades in and it's morning <laughs> in the in, uh, in Four Seasons and yeah. it's slow and it's nice. And so it shows, like, two sides to... Yeah 
to the country almost. Yeah. Um, People don't joke about Callum, man. Serious, serious cinematographer coming out about to break up in the industry, man. But yeah, man, I wanted to get a touch on one quote as well that stuck mm. with you. It says, no valid plan for the future can be made for those who have no capacity for living now. Mm. What does that mean to you? Um, so I think, and this this kind of like touches how I've been feeling recently, right? It's like I've um, I've been so concerned about sort of the future and or and like what's what is what's my life going to be like you know even in six months or in 10 years right yeah. um i'm i'm scared to fail right so like mm. and um all of that sort of stuff like you know the classic self-doubt yeah. feelings you as get a creative as well you yeah it hits that, you yeah. hard it hits you, you hard man. it's like every <laughs> month or so or every two months it's like yeah. a few days of you just feeling like yeah a bit a bit low because you're like all right um you never like your as own an work. artist like as an artist man, you, know, you can be very critical of your own shit like yeah that's how i felt especially critic. when i was in photography man. dude 100 yeah. yeah. it's so recently i've been feeling that and it actually kind of uh, I kind of should come back to that quote that you've just pointed yeah. out, which is basically no valid plans can be made for the future if you have no capacity for living now. Yeah. Um, and by being worried about the future, by being so concerned about how your life's going to turn out in 10 years or if you're going to have money or not or if your family's mm. going to be all right or if your work's going to be okay, if, are you going to have the clients you want? You have no space in your mind to actually enjoy what you're doing now. Mm. Um, so like, there's been so many projects I've had to remind my myself to enjoy the project now and stop yeah. worrying about the edit or stop worrying about what the client's going to yeah. think just enjoy it now and so if, true, if you're man. in that moment yeah and as much as you yeah, can be then your like, work's like great it's like that. having appreciation for the now creating yeah. your your future self like being able to create your future self but also having appreciation for the now because they say the person is like worrying about the future is always having anxiety mm. a person that worrying about the past always have Exactly. Just relapsing on that side. Anxiety, to, that's, yeah. that's a key word, right? Yeah. Just, and if you have anxiety, you can't live. Yeah, uh, man. You're you focusing can't. on what you can't control, really. Yeah. You can only focus on what you really can control, which are your thoughts, words, and actions on like exactly. a daily basis. But yeah, that's some powerful stuff there, some powerful stuff there. So what's what's next for you, like in terms of 2022 or your 20, mm. you know, New Year's resolutions, gang, you know, as everyone says, <laughs> not New Year, not the New Year, New Me bullshit, like the plan, <laughs> strategy. Like I know us serious people, like yeah. what are some serious resolutions you've made for yourself for this next coming year what like mm. just take it up to the next level man yeah so like i think um almost to, to take it up to that next level yeah. or to take it up to where i want to be it's i think ironically not focusing on the work yeah do you know what i mean like mm. focusing on the on the downtime um yeah. recharging not killing yourself recharging, um, recharging our energy man exactly <laughs> yeah like instead of working at 60 percent capacity for 360 days you work at 100% capacity for 200 days or something, I don't know. Mm. And, and you'll do better work. Um, That's powerful, yeah. So 60% capacity for those first 100 days, man. Yeah, like it's just creating 100%. time to recharge and yeah. then give 100% to a project and smash yeah. it out of the park yeah. instead of bouncing from project to project. Um, mm. You know, just getting it done, just getting it ticked and then yeah. moving on because... You know, your work is what's is what sells you, right? Yeah. So if you're if you're only doing it to sixty percent capacity, yeah. you're only gonna get sixty percent of the way, that you, maybe that you wow. want to get to. Yeah, so that's so powerful, man. And um, Callum, if you could give your mm. younger self one gem <laughs> when you're starting off, 
yeah, like yeah. in the film industry. Like you, your version of you right now. Not changing the past, anything like that. Yeah, but yeah, if yeah. you could give him one gem, you know, like that old OG old man wisdom you see in Rocky <laughs> or whatever, Rocky the movie. Yeah, yeah. What would you say to a younger self starting off in the industry with all the knowledge you have yeah, now? Yeah. One gem you can say to him, one sentence. Yeah. Like, I mean, to be fair, I've yeah. only been what? Like, yeah. I'm 22, right? So yeah. I've only been in this industry. I've only been doing this for like three years, yeah. like properly three years. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so we, I literally, so I see in the transformation, like, yeah, oh, man, yeah, it's true, actually. It's yeah. connected, isn't it? Yeah, that's like, actually mad. That's so mad. It. Like, that's so mad. <laughs> it's crazy, yeah. yeah. Um, I don't know. So I guess I'll be talking to my 14 year old self, and this yeah. seems like a lifetime ago. Yeah. Um, but I also need to put it in the context that I, haven't, I don't, I know I don't know. I really actually yeah. know nothing. And yeah. I'm only like, I've only chiseled away one yeah. like percent of the industry or one percent of like what's there is there to learn. Yeah. Um, but I think what I tell myself is what another cinematographer told me, uh, which who I met up with him maybe like three, three, four years ago. He's shot like the Inbetweeners. He's done End of the Effing World. Um, so I went for coffee with him a couple of times and, yeah. and I did like a camera training day with him. Um, he's called Benedict Spence. Okay. Super talented. Um, admire him a lot, actually. Yeah. Um, and he told me when I first met up with him, yeah. I think he could see that I was like kind of restless and just wanted to, I wanted to already be at like uh, the end of my career. Like, you know, yeah, um, yeah, I I've haven't done all those successful projects. Yeah. Um, I can create like anything and make it look good. Like that sort of level in my career. I always want, I already wanted to be at that point. Mm. And he saw that and what he told me is like, he literally just said, there's no rush. Yeah. And it's so simple, right? But ever since then it's yeah. stuck in my head and it just relaxes me every time i hear that mm. because um yeah we're in a world where we always we see what everyone else is doing right with like social media stuff. world so it gives yeah. that pressure on that side yeah. so you're comparing what you've done in two years to what someone's done in 40. so yeah, and but you don't see that you just see their work mm. and so you're like shit why am i not like that yet but then yeah. the, I, I, i'm not like putting yeah. it into context yeah for sure so, that's just so, it's so dangerous you can't you have to be so careful with that as i say comparison is the thief of joy man yeah yeah so, yeah so you have to be able to move on a level but yeah man some really great insights so far people i hope you're listening to these gems man this this is the energy podcast we keep it raw energy, we keep it energy. real we keep it authentic on this side man so callum one thing i wanted to get into now is that's one right. of my favorite projects by you man and this is because I'm passionate about sports or fitness and this gym, the Gymshark, uh, this, yeah. the Scotland project. What's what, it called? What the Celt? The, the Celt man. The, the Celt man, Celt man. Yeah, yeah. the Celt man, Celt man. Crazy, bro. It was with Fergus Crawley. That's it, yeah. Okay, I got the name right. Yeah. Man, that's in the... People, 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 people. That's 11 minutes of pure heat. I love the color grading on it. I love the... Just the overall storytelling and the soundtrack is so mad on that. Mm. Was it they were biking two hundred and eleven kilometers, swimming for eleven hours? So basically, people, it's a it's a extreme triathlon based in Scotland. But I'll let Callum give Mate. a breakdown of what that is. Hey, crazy. <laughs> I was actually so I, the way that came about is I was uh, shooting like in one of these apartments. Um, yeah. It was Eaton Square, I think. It was like 45 million, right? It was like five stories that had a lift in it. I was just shooting like a video for the real estate agents yeah. uh, or the developers. And um, I got a call from my friend Lawrence. I was actually with him earlier. Uh, Lawrence Thomas or, yeah. or Thomas, as other people might know him, LMT. Um, awesome photographer. LMT? Oh, I've come across his page yeah. before on photography. Used to be big on Instagram. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a photographer. When I, when I was literally in the photography industry, I was going yeah. past hashtags. I followed his up his page for time. He nah, he's cool. posted cool heat. 
Yeah, he's cool. He's now like he's strawberry like blonde hair, like kind of. Yeah, 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 yeah. And like now he's like sort of shaved. He yeah. goes as a shaved head, basically, yeah. or like very short. Mm-hmm. But um, they're very talented photographer. Recently, in the last couple of years, transitioned to film. Oh, wow. So which is why we've worked together a lot clo- more, a lot more closer. Yeah. Um, and he called me and I was like, so I might may have this project for Gymshark. I'd like to get you involved. And this yeah. other guy called Keenan, also very talented. Yeah. And his friend, Louis, who's a director. Yeah. Uh, and they ended up being, I think, a group of five of us, including this other guy called Chris, um, yeah. who I'm very good friends with now as well. And uh, so we all met up in which airport? It was like Luton or Stansted, <laughs> mate. And it was like a, it was an early flight, but we were going yeah. up to... Um, where is it? Uh, Inverness or something? Oh, yeah, Inverness, yeah. 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 I only know it because of the football team. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's not yeah. talk about that. Yeah, yeah, okay, like, yeah. Go ahead, yeah. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, so, like, basically, this the Seltman is crazy. It's um, extreme triathlon, as you've mm-hmm. said. I think it's a 4.6-kilometer swim, a 202-kilometer bike ride. Yeah. Up and down, like, literally the mountains. And then Scotland. a mountain hill run. You and have a, a high, run. high run or a low run choice. Yeah, exactly, yeah. yeah. So the high run... It's not like it's harder or anything. Yeah. Um, the high run, they cap it off, I think, at 4 p.m. Um, because oh, so it's, it's a safety thing. Yeah. yeah. Like They don't want you up there when it's dark or getting yeah. darker, right? Um, so if you if you don't make the cutoff point, you do the low run. Yeah. Which isn't easier, but a lot of people set their targets, uh, which is to make the high run, because that means you're keeping time. It means you're, yeah. you're, you're being quicker. Um, so yeah, Fergus. That was his aim. He was his aim was to get there before at the mountain cutoff point. Yeah. And so me and Louis, because at this point the four other guys decided hiked up to the top of the mountain. I think it took them like three hours. Um, and it's I think the highest one of the highest mountains in Scotland. Yeah. Um, I think eighteen hundred elevation or something. Yeah. They were just waiting at the top basically, and me and Louis, the director, were capturing yeah. him at the bottom. Yeah. And we we were just waiting and waiting on the road where he should have been running on. Yeah. We're like, where is he? Like, it's, so that's why I added to the dramatic. Yeah. yeah. I watched it. I was like, where is he? Like, I was literally like, so insane. gripped. I was like, what is like, where's the guy? Like, no, it was insane. Like, yeah. and we're like, where, where is Fergus? Like, yeah. he should have been here ages ago. And we were talking to his trainer as his well. His trainer as well he was, was a like, beast. Yeah. yeah. He was a beast. Yeah. yeah. He's, he's yeah. such a sweetie as well, yeah. actually. Yeah. Um, and he was like, yeah, you should, maybe you missed him. And we're like, yeah. okay, I can't, <laughs> we can't believe we would have missed him, but maybe we did. We'll just, we'll just drive up to the, the yeah. cutoff point, the mountain. Yeah. So we drove up there and went to his trainer and his trainer's like, yeah, he's not here yet. And we're like, well, we didn't see him. Yeah. Um, What's the time at this point? Well, I think like, at this point, he had like 15 minutes to cut off point. And we can't see him in the yeah. distance, which means he's not making it yeah. or he's going to have to pace it to make it. So people, like the cutoff point is like, since everything is like timed in a triathlon, it's like, if you don't make this particular um, milestone, you, you're cancelled. Like whatever you've done before, the swim or the bike ride, all the hard work you've put in, all the training before comes down to those last 15 minutes so you can get to that point so you can make the timing to go ahead. So yeah, yeah. go ahead. On yeah, that. so as you see in the video, like the trainer yeah. is like a bit concerned. Maybe he had an injury. We don't even know where he is. We don't yeah. have communication with him because, you know, the data is so rubbish, at, you know, in the mountains. Yeah, 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 yeah. Communication is gone. Um, and then after a while, we, we, me and Louis got in the car and we're like, all right, Effort. We're, we're driving down the road and we're going to see if we can see him because maybe yeah. we, he's injured, maybe he's limping yeah. or something, maybe this is the end. Mm-hmm. So we drove and we saw him and he was just walking, he was completely destroyed. Really? And Oof. But he wasn't injured, yeah. but okay. he was just exhausted. Um, of course. What part was it be. that made him uh, exhausted? Was, was it? Do you think it was the swim part, or was it again to the run? It was like after conversation. With I think him it's or? all of it, right? Of it, yeah. I think all of it adds. But I think what happened was the start of the run. Someone told him, um, 
there's an initial uphill or something, yeah. uh, I think, if I remember correctly. And someone told him it was like five kilometers, let's say. Yeah. And so he paced himself for those five kilometers uphill. Yeah. But it ended up being like 10 or 12 kilometers uphill. Yeah. So he thought, okay, by his watch, five kilometers up uphill, then he can chill. So you just got to smash those five kilometers. But it was it something like that. But it ended up being double. So he ended up just completely burning <laughs> out. Because basically yeah. he listened to someone else. Um, and then, so he was he was yeah. destroyed in the last part. And... Yeah, and we saw him walking. Like, are you alright? He's like, yeah, yeah, I'm just like exhausted. I'm gonna start jogging again. So he makes it to the mountain pass. And so now, at this point, he has to do the low route because yeah. now the high route is cut off. Yeah. And the low route is hard. It's very uh, treacherous terrain. Well, it's like, like rocky. Movement, yeah. yeah, your knees are getting like <laughs> yeah, jambled. It's still up and down constantly. Like it's not yeah. easy. And it's a whole marathon now. He's got a whole marathon left basically. Um, <coughs> and so we film a bit of that, and then we wait about a couple of hours, and then we go to like sort of the end of the low route section where yeah. we'd catch him run running and then we'd finish the race with him and and yeah it was i think all in all it was like 17 yeah. hours of racing so how did you do my question for you how did you do the swim footage when um, you just drone we, yeah, we were going to try and get okay. in a boat with yeah. one of the fishermen but he left he got in the boat really early we, <laughs> like we we rocked up yeah. early but then he was already out there I'm like okay yeah. well, there's no way we can catch him so we we got the entrance and then we flew the drone over and then we got the exit. That's mad. So. The reason why I like, yeah, man, I just, I love Gymshark as well. That's why yeah, it's cool, a yeah. big topic for me, man. I'm big, you know, as you know, I'm big on fitness, as you see. Like, that's all I, that's all yeah, I do. Yeah, right I see now. it. Do you know what's funny, though, about yeah. that job? So I actually applied to be an editor at Gymshark, like a, a videographer, oh, man, editor, man. like three, three, four years ago. Yeah. Um, and at the time I was at uni and yeah. they basically offered me the job but said, uh, well, you need to drop out of uni first of all, which isn't a problem. I dropped out anyway. Yeah. But um, they wanted to, because their offices are in Birmingham, so I'd need to re relocate to Birmingham. But it's about an hour away from the city centre. It's in this business park, yeah. middle of nowhere. So that was like the breaking point for me. I couldn't, I'd have to leave everything here and go there, right? Yeah. And also I was like, well, it would be sick to work for them. But yeah. I, I, I there's a limit to yeah. that. There's yeah. a limit to what I can achieve with Gymshark. And, yeah. and I said to them, would you work with freelancers? And they said, we don't do that. Yeah. Funny thing is, three years later, I shot with them as a freelancer. Ah, uh, people. So it ended up being a man. big circle moment. And I was like, <laughs> funny. Funny how the world like works like that. Ah, yeah. uh, mate, big up so. yourself, man. Big up yourself, man. People, you hear that? Stick at your craft, man. Master your craft. And, man, opportunities end up coming to you, man, when you put yourself out there, man. It's a That's good feeling, right? I think everyone knows yeah. deep, like, when you when you have a decision to make, you kind of know what you sh what what your mm. gut is telling you, you kind of know like there's something you want to do and there's something that you should do yeah and i wanted to do that job yeah. but i was like i don't feel like i i, I should so intuition what do you what do you kind of think that feeling is like, intuition instinct i don't know like, i don't know yeah. it depends what you believe in. yeah uh, it depends if you're religious yeah. spiritual yeah um it could be like the yeah. world telling you like if yeah. we're all interconnected <laughs> so i don't know it could be anything Pretty you much. attribute it to that's mad that's mad though. but yeah i'm crazy project that Gymshark project, you learned a lot about mindset, you learned mm. a lot about resilience. Big Dude, up yeah. Fergus, man. Like, hey, what a piece. <laughs> big up so like, big up yourself. insane. Yeah, yeah. He, Fergus is crazy. He's a yeah. monster, mate. Uh, the, the crazy thing about him is that he's actually a strength athlete. Like, so he, he's a deadlifter, bench yeah. press, like squat, all of that. Yeah. So for him to over the last few years to that. transition into like, you know, doing like a hybrid, right? Yeah. Like a cross between yeah. triathlons and like cardio based sports to 
to like weightlifting is crazy. Yeah. So someone with his weight and his like body structure to try and do an extreme yeah, triathlon is crazy. I can't imagine. Crazy, I can't man. imagine transition to that. Yeah. That's crazy, man. That's crazy. Just now that we're on the topic of sports, how's it like working on the Anthony Joshua campaign in terms of that? Yeah, yeah. Like, how how yeah. did that kind of work? It was awesome, yeah. So yeah. again, it was that guy Zach I was talked about earlier. Yeah. Um, he basically called me at some point and said, "Would you be interested in doing this shoot with EA Sports and Anthony Joshua?" And yeah. I was like, oh, "Yeah, <laughs> like, well, like, yes, sir." Yeah, like, well, yeah, like yeah. I'm not gonna turn that down. Yeah. I'm gonna bin whatever I'm doing whenever, and then I'm gonna, I'll, I'll, I'll be there. I'll be there. <laughs> Kobe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll be there, bro. And yeah. I told him that, and so I went there, and it was crazy to see. Yeah. Uh, I walked in, I saw Anthony Joshua. I was like, holy shit, man, that's Anthony Joshua. And, <laughs> that's what um, do moments like that, man. And like, you feel that imposter syndrome, like, I shouldn't be here, right? <laughs> May, you for sure, fam. But it's like, that's what happens when you encounter people who are like su- successful and mm. they've gone like to crazy levels. But yeah, yeah in terms yeah. of that, what was it? What was it like you guys were just, they were just all playing football there? Or was yeah. it design or did have, what was the purpose behind the So the that was campaign? all. I think they were shooting, so yeah. there was a main commercial happening, yeah. like a proper like TV commercial, I guess, with a huge crew there shooting something for FIFA. Because yeah. essentially, Anthony Joshua has designed a, a football pitch, like a five-a-side football pitch for yeah. FIFA on the new game at the time, mm-hmm. um, which is called the Lion's Den, which is okay. what Anthony Joshua references a lot to in training. He's like, you know, he's he refers to the ring as the Lion's Den. Once you're in the Lion's Den, it's like you're gladiator, right? Sort of yeah. that sort of mindset. So... This whole football pitch was black, very sleek, very like dark. Like it looked awesome, right? Yeah. So he designed it. It was in that. Um, Looks sick. Makes it look like you're playing FIFA Street, innit? Yeah, it was, <laughs> yeah, it was so cool to see it. It yeah. looked great on camera what, as well. It wasn't Shoreditch. Yeah, you know that. What's that? You know near Box Park. Oh yeah, Box Park. Yeah. What's that? There's a football cage. Is there? I forgot what the name oh, is. Oh, I was in Box Park the other day on Tuesday. <laughs> yeah, that, you'll yeah. see it. Like yeah. it might still be there. Like yeah. I know they had it for a while. That's um, mad. Maybe somehow I'll go have a kick about that. Yeah, do it. Bro, <laughs> do it. So, and this was also in collaboration with Rising Ballers, yeah. uh, who are a really cool company. They, they're a football academy for young up-and-coming yeah. stars, giving them a platform to basically, you know, show their skills and hopefully one day get signed. And they've signed a lot of people off to football clubs. So yeah. it's really cool. And they did this project with FIFA and stuff and they needed like a little, like yeah. a basically a little video, like commercial video for it. So I, I went there and I shot, you know, just shot yeah, loads of stuff clean, with AJ. Very clean video, and, yeah. It was a dope video, man, yeah. for sure, man. But that was definitely before I was, like, yeah. aiming to be a DP. Like, yeah. I mean, I always wanted to be a DP, but that was yeah. more in the videography stages, uh-huh. yeah. Yeah, so, you, okay, so so out of your projects, you told me your favorite projects, such as Nokia Tires. What has been the most challenging project you've worked on? Like, it could be, like, learning. It could be, wow, I learned so much at the end, but this was hard work. Or it could be, like, Damn, this shit really beat me up. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Mate, there yeah. was a couple. Like, yeah. I mean, so knocking tires was was yeah. challenging in the fact yeah. that it was minus thirty five. Minus thirty five. Yeah, it was crazy, man. Uh, Centigrade, minus... yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just check it. No, no, you're not in Mate. Siberia. I'm nah, Antarctica. forget that, bro. <laughs> yeah, um, go ahead. Minus thirty five was crazy. Like How just many walking. Coats you're wearing? I'm that. Well, that's the thing. Layers don't help you, bro. It's you. Just one coat. Oh well, yeah. you need like so. Uh, thermal yeah. uh, t-shirt jumper coat but you want space oh, between the, those layers because the air between those layers is what will heat you up uh, sure. the same thing like if you if you do double socks apparently it's worse for you and i learned the hard way like my feet were like killing <laughs> well, ice blocks yeah, dude, ice on, blocks, yeah. They, it felt like it like i couldn't feel my feet i could just feel pain 
and Mom. so I'm walking and like Mom, the whole of my shoe was covered in like an, a layer of oh. like ice because you're hiking in knee deep snow. It's like when you go skiing and then you come back to the warm place after and you take your shoes off and you, you just, yeah. your whole foot's frozen and you have to wait for it to go back to like normal yeah. like, hands. No, I had that. I had, yeah. we were in the um, helicopter coming back from the, the highest peak of Sweden when we were filming. I remember you telling and me you're going to Sweden. Yeah, that yeah. looked unreal, man. It was crazy. But <laughs> basically I, I couldn't feel my foot anymore. Yeah. Um, and so when we got back to the car, we started an hour drive and I still couldn't feel the foot after an hour <laughs> helicopter ride. So I took off my shoe and put my foot against the radio, like the, the car heater thing. And I just couldn't feel a thing. It was really weird. Like I couldn't <laughs> feel my take? foot. Like, How long well, did I didn't, yeah. didn't do anything for that time. Yeah. At this point, I was getting a little bit worried. And I was like, all right, I got back to the hotel, still couldn't feel my foot, just painful. And then went to the hotel room and just got the hairdryer. And it was like white. <laughs> and I'm just hairdrying my foot. And then after like 10 minutes of hairdrying it, it came like back to life, but it hurt <laughs> so much more once it was back because obviously I could feel everything. Ah, and I was like, and that happened shit. a couple of times. It was like, I can feel that. I yeah, was mate, it was painful. So that was challenging yeah. in that sense. Yeah. Um, so it was. Yeah. Like yeah. And it was, it was, we had good time for food and like sleep, but we had to rearrange our sleep schedule because, you know, sunrise is there, I think at like 6 a.m. Where was it? Like sorry. Six. Where? Which country? Uh, Sweden. Sweden. Up yeah. north in okay, yeah. Kiruna. Karina. Um, I've only been to Stockholm out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah we yeah. quarantined. Yeah. Actually, yeah, that's another. That was another aspect of the job. Yeah. We were in the peak of lockdown in the UK or across the whole world, right? Yeah. Um, so you had to prove that we were going for work, right? So we had so many paperwork. So, so much paperwork. So, uh, so this is the first quarantine, or is it one of the second yeah. ones. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. we arrived. Well, so Jack arrives to Edinburgh, yeah. Edinburgh Airport to check in, um, and he was going to meet me in London. And then we we're going to fly together to Sweden. So he, I wake up at like 4 a.m., 5 a.m., I can't remember. I check my phone and I get a message from him because he's already been at the airport. Mm -hmm. And he's like, don't go to Heathrow. I was just, I wasn't there. <laughs> the way you said it right now is uh, don't go to Heathrow. It's like a warning, <laughs> yeah, like zombie apocalypse. Like, don't go to Heathrow. They won't let you in because he's still in. He missed his flight because they said you, you can't prove why you're coming for work. You can't get on, basically. They said the reason why you can't make this flight was because this you need a letter from the Swedish embassy as an invitation to come to Sweden. It's crazy how we were in those times. It's and like then, something out of a movie. Yeah, man. It was weird. <laughs> and then Jack called the Swedish yeah. embassy, yeah. and they were like, we don't even do that. We don't do letters. So who's lying? Right? So <laughs> it was British Airways, bro, because they're a private company. They can choose, you know, they yeah, can say any yeah, reason why to not, not yeah. let you on. So we had to book another flight. So I missed that flight, and yeah. a week later we got another flight with Swedish, uh, one of the Swedish yeah. airways, yeah. and they were completely calm with it. But it was still stressful. Yeah, we are going there yeah. with so much paperwork, being like, okay, just like praying. <laughs> <laughs> basically, like, we'll get Don't on, we'll man. get on. Um, so that was challenging That's in that mad. regard. That's mad. But then I've had a few things recently, yeah. like a few months ago, yeah. I was on a shoot, a three-day shoot, and on the second day, my camera assistant, my AC, she turned on the camera, my camera, yeah. which was already rigged from the previous day. We had like Teradex on it, everything. Yeah. And... Um, you know, I'm I'm dealing with the gaffer. I'm like lighting some stuff with him, and I come back to my camera, and it's the fans are going crazy, but the screen isn't on. Yeah. And this is my red, and I'm like, what's going on here? Yeah. Um. So I, I switched the the thing off, but mm -hmm. it didn't turn off. I so clearly something's like bugged. So I take off all the accessories, I put on one battery, and I try and turn it on again. The same thing happens. The screen's just not coming on. The fans are going crazy. So at this point, I'm like, okay, my camera's bust, and yeah. I've, I'm on a shoot. Yeah. Um, and it was the only camera we had. So I need to, I talked to the producer, she was trying to find uh, a replacement red that somewhere you could else. you rent? 
yeah, yeah. And no one had it, so I. I was the shoot. Was it local in London or was it? Yeah, it was okay, local. Okay. Fortunately, imagine. Yeah, imagine Sweden, if you're bro. in a different country. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> over. It would have yeah, been game over. That would have been stress. So I finally, finally, <laughs> yeah. my mate Chris, who works at Detail Films, yeah. I messaged him, being like, "Dude, is your red Komodo like being used today?" And he said, "Nah, nah, bro." And I'm like, "Can you please? <laughs> can I use it for today and tomorrow?" And all that. And he was like, "Yeah." So they put it in at Edison Lee, and it came and <laughs> Addison a, few, Lee. <laughs> a few hours late, and but we ended up getting it done. Uh, the driver just say, yeah, can you just take this with me? Yeah, that's really funny. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, man, that's mad. Sounds like, man, you've had some crazy experience over the three years. What has the cinematography taught you about life in general? Like, what's some life lessons? Yeah. Some life lessons of the three yeah, years yeah. out of all the crazy stuff, or all, all the cool stuff, all the hard stuff, everything yeah. that you've just gone through. What, 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 what's one, like, you might have collected some gems of wisdom or some, mm. something that a life lesson that you've learned about it, man. Yeah, I think for me it's to, I've always been like, my mind's always been very busy, right? My mind's always yeah. been like, um, I've always joked to like my family that I may have ADHD. I don't know, I've never like gone to get mm -hmm. diagnosed, but maybe some form of it because my mind's just hit like buzzing all the time. Mm -hmm. uh, even though I'm myself quite like calm, yeah. uh, my mind's just going a million miles an hour on things. Um, and so over the last like couple years, what I've learned is um, what what's what it's forced me to do. What like my experiences have forced me to do is to yeah. to slow down in my mind and appreciate what I'm doing yeah. currently. Because you know, I, you know, I was in bloody Sweden, highest highest peak in Sweden, <laughs> just at the top, and I'm just like looking at the view, and I'm like, I need to like tell myself to like appreciate this yeah. and like put the camera aside for just two minutes and just look and just. Um, Take it in. It's a memory. You're going to be speaking about this probably for a good couple of decades to come. Crazy. So like, man. and I don't want to regret not having like actually looked at it with my own eyes and not through a screen or not stopped to like imagine. That's so true, man. We can get caught up like trying to record everything. Like, yeah. really take it in, especially like if you're into like nature and all that. I've like I've yeah. gone out on those things, but never. But the the view you had on top of that mountain, Sweden. You got to send me that video again after this, bro. Right. Like, it was crazy. <laughs> it was a crazy experience but, and like. like and like, you know, there was so many things to worry about yeah. at that moment in time. And I tend to worry about things. So I want to I want to have everything like in place. Yeah. I want to have um, Risk everything. Yeah, yeah. It's just like if I, I want to be in control of everything, which yeah. is sort of one of my downfalls, I think, which I makes me get like quite that. anxious, right? I feel yeah. I can relate to exactly, that. Exactly, yeah. yeah. So I feel like, you know, having had a kind of a crazy lifestyle over the last few years, it's made me focus on that aspect of relaxing more because I've I've had like, you know, I've I've been really fortunate. I'm, mm. I'm 22 and I've done some like pretty crazy things. <laughs> yeah. So like, um, don't, man. yeah, I'm I'm just, just like traveling as well. Like, yeah, man. Yeah. And it, all the all the countries I see that you've been based on, like you've been to Morocco, you've been to Sweden, mm. um, a bunch of other countries. What what's your favorite? What's been your favorite one so far? It could be the culture, it could be the people, it could be the food. And then the busyness yeah. of Marrakesh out yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. And also the beauty at the same time. You know, they're, they're all very different. Like, so me yeah. and my uh, my girlfriend, we went to, um, uh, what is it called? Yeah, we went to Marrakesh. And when we did that whole project together, it was just, we were just, in, we fell in love with the old town. It was, yeah. it was everything about it. It's, it's the mazes within it. Mm, like you, I felt yeah, that when I mate, went there as well. Like the little, so, the catacombs that you go through. Yeah. It's hidden. And again, as someone who likes to, to like 
you know know what's happening and you know be in control it 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 forced me to step back and be like i have no clue about <laughs> squid any games. of this squid games. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah exactly i have no squid clue games, what's going to happen but yeah. like just go with it like yeah. talk to random locals like i always love doing that anyway just mm. like just getting involved and forget about whatever we've planned because that yeah. might not happen like we just we might get caught up in something else just be fluid and yeah. you know if you have if you have plans in you know about what to do in the old town and and you have a strict like routine yeah mm. that you, you that's going to laugh at you <laughs> like mm. you're going to you're going to be trying to stick to it and you're going to mm. just fall over you yeah. you know just trip up all the time yeah. just enjoy it just walk and just yeah. have no plans just go with it yeah um that's what marrakesh sort of taught me and that's why i think i loved it yeah. and we you know um we fell in love with it man like it yeah, was a beautiful place like yeah and and just lastly who's been the most influential person on your life in terms of like who do you say would have most impact on your life could be someone that's inspired you yeah. step into your higher self yeah, yeah yeah that could be yourself of course like oh no, nah, i'm no, joking no, but never. like oh, uh, um, as a parent a couple of people i guess yeah. so like so first one's yeah. like my auntie i think right yeah. so my mom grew up uh, as a professional pianist uh, from a proper young age and her sister um also did piano and uh ended up now specializing in composing and that you know directing theater super successful mm-hmm. um made a proper name for herself in Ecuador which is where my mom's from and mm-hmm. just seeing her work and like she's just such a boss and like I so um, I did like a documentary for her a few years ago when she was doing like a, an Andean version of the magic flute so she got me over there for a few months and I just filmed the whole thing and created like this documentary mm-hmm. and just seeing her work and seeing how she was strict yeah. And she isn't a pushover but she's also respected like really highly respected mm. among everyone. So people like you know there's there's a healthy level of fear, right? Mm. Like so she was feared in, to a healthy extent, but she was also really loved by people. Mm. So when people were like mucking around or not on it or like for whatever reason, she would not be afraid to like crash down on them. Yeah, there's a quote by yeah. Nikolai Machiavelli saying would like would along the lines of would you rather be feared or loved? It's better to be mm. feared and respected. Yeah, to be loved and not respected. Yeah, exactly, yeah. something like that, right? And she was like loved at the same time. Everyone held held us to such a high regard. Yeah, and so that's been like some sort of influence in in my life. I think that uh, that artistic sort of like go get go getter sort yeah. of attitude. And then over the last few years, I've become quite close with Jack, and yeah, Jack he's got Harvey, a yeah. yeah, he's got a crazy crazy um, business mind. Uh, yeah. He did car sales for I think seven years. And, mad, mad, mad. But in general, he's just like very good at talking, and his like business mindset, his separation between business and like personal life is yeah. is very is very. It seems to me very healthy. Like yeah. nothing gets. So he's got a com- compartmentalizing very systems mm. kind of thinker. Yeah. yeah, he's great. And so I've learned a lot from him yeah. in the business aspect. And also we've become very close mates. That's dope um, to hear. I love that. Yeah, yeah, and he's helped me loads in, in my work. And yeah. um, and then also, like, lastly, it's like my girlfriend. Or now yeah. she's my fiance, actually. So we got oh, engaged. Good, good. Oh, yeah, I remember like, you telling me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> but you even got that. man. Love yeah, that, It's man. been, what, four and a half years I was with her. So, oh, bro. And love to see that. Man. Yeah. she She's really good at, at like, 
keeping me grounded. Like she'll yeah. happily tell me off. When was it? Was it in December? Or uh, no, October. Before? Yeah, I remember. October I remember you messaged me at some time in October. It's like, yeah, yeah, but how you doing? Yeah, I'm busy right now, but just gotta let you know I got engaged. I was like, <laughs> 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 yeah, we're in Lisbon. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's cool. Yeah. It's cool. That's so dope. So, man. That's so dope man. She but, keeps me grounded. Yeah. In like a good way. She doesn't. She's not scared to tell me off when I deserve it. And yeah. I tell her to. I'm like, please, if I'm not. Putting, if I'm putting work in front of you, which happens a lot by yeah. accident, um, just whip me into place. <laughs> like, yeah, that's so powerful, man. Because yeah. like in the book, The Way of the Superior Man by mm. David Dida, they talk it. about the masculine and the feminine and how like when you step into the masculine essence, a woman really grounds, like mm. grounds the man, like in that sense, like inspires him to want to be at his highest level and go in his purpose. Mm. But yeah, man. That's so powerful what you've said today, Callum. I really appreciate you hopping on the podcast, man. It's oh, man. absolutely Thanks been a fire episode, people. People, the Energy Podcast is back with the heat, bro. Like, as you know, it's normal, man. Let's keep dropping these gems. Let's keep literally elevating on all levels, man. You can support this podcast by sharing it with a friend. Tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend. I don't care if it's your auntie, your mom, your brother, your sister. Do it, do it. Share it so share it with someone who can people. gain some value from this. Where can they find you, Callum? Where can they find you? Uh, just Callum Curry at Instagram. I can spell it out for you because my name is unconventionally only with one L. So C-A-L-U-M-C-U-R-R-I-E. Yeah, dope, man. Dope. Please connect with him, man. He's been dropping gems all day about cinematography, life, man, video production. If you're new and you want to get, if you're new, especially in that industry and want to get into film, don't hesitate to reach out to Callum. I'm sure you want. He doesn't bite and he's not afraid, uh, afraid to <laughs> help you out on that side. But yeah, man, it's been the Energy Podcast. It's been your host, Xavier Bauer, in the house. Peace and blessings. Big NRG.